Welcome to episode 39 of Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is simply an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carroll Newsletter and are simply the opinions, my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Episode 39. <clears throat> Hard to believe that uh, we've been doing this almost a year. Uh, the title of today's podcast is simply a lot of sadness to go around. And let's start out with that because we're going to talk mainly uh, football as we always do. But uh, this past week, I'm a little late getting uh, this podcast in as I normally try to do it around the first of the week so I can have everything fresh on my mind. You know, last uh, Friday night, Hayden and McKenzie played in that rivalry game. Uh, cross the creek game, whatever you want to call it, whatever term that you want to use for that. But uh, uh, then Saturday morning, got up and I left for Colorado. Uh, just got back late yesterday afternoon and uh, didn't really have an opportunity to do podcast while I was gone. I was going to try to do that. I uh, just couldn't work it out. So uh, here it is on a Thursday morning. April, uh, excuse me, August 25th, I thought I'd do a podcast, but I woke up Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday morning in Colorado to the news of the passing of Mr. Dale Kelly. Uh, a lot of sadness there for me because uh, a lot of people may not know this, and uh, Dale used to always be able to tell me exactly how it was, but uh, we were a little kin to each other. I think he said something like his mother and uh, my great-grandmother or something to that effect were sisters. Uh, so somewhere down the line, uh, we were both leech boys. And uh, I always had a lot of respect for the mayor, his son, one of the better people in the world. I'll tell you that right now. But uh, what I wanted to, to get to, uh, and, and I'm not going to dwell on it long, uh, but, uh, you know, I'll always know the mayor, or to me, when I think of him, and I think of Mr. Kelly, it was his athletic uh endeavors and when you think about it i'm a sports guy so that's where my mind usually goes first thing all the time uh but you know a lot of people know or don't know they play basketball and baseball at bethel and i've actually played church softball with uh, mr kelly before a long time ago back in the uh, 70s right when i get gotten out of high school as a member of the church and uh we played softball together and i was a young buck and you know uh he was in his 40s probably and uh, that kind of stuff, but that was a long time ago, but I'll always think about his career as a basketball official because, you know, when you really, I, I've thought about this a lot. I wish I could go back and do some things different. Don't we all? A lot of things different, uh, but that would have been something that I think I might have been in, interested in starting a career at, and that was refereeing or umpiring baseball or refereeing basketball or, or, or so because that keeps you close to the sport. Uh, I didn't do that. You can make pretty good living doing it. I mean, you can, and it's, it's not a, it's a thankless job. Uh, not everybody's cut out for it. I really believe I could have done that. I believe I would have had a good time doing that. And it's just a path I did not take. Uh, Mr. Del Kelly did, uh, ended up, you know, just like everybody else, start with high school and middle school and that kind of stuff and work your way up to small college. And next thing you know, you work your way up to college games and, uh, Eventually, uh, Mr. Dale Kelly became uh, SEC official, 
and refereed in three final fours. <laughs> that's a that's that's what I'll always remember. That's the part I will remember. Uh, three final fours. It's not very many people can can say that. So that shit that shows you and tells you uh, how good of an official he was. I used to sit around and I've been to his house before where he's gotten. Uh, he's told stories about some of his officiating career and uh, just loved, loved hearing those stories of those famous coaches, Hugh Durham uh, is the one I think of one of my favorite stories at the time. Uh, Dale Kelly was uh, commissioner of transportation for the state of, state of Tennessee. And uh, I believe that was under Lamar Alexander, but uh, so he he's over roads and all that kind of stuff. And uh, made a call under the basket. He said, I knew I missed it. Should have been a traveling call. And uh, a couple minutes later, he's close to Hugh Durham. He used to be the coach of Georgia. And Coach Durham says, Kelly said, uh, uh, there you are, Secretary of Transportation. You don't know a damn thing about traveling. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, one of my favorite stories he always told. But, you know, he was friends with Bobby Knight. Had Bobby Knight over at Buffalo uh, to speak. And I got, I got to go hear that, you know. But uh, three final fours. Eventually, uh, Mr. Kelly worked his way up to become uh, supervisor of official for five major Division I conferences. Uh, I actually have been at his house before when he received a call. Uh, he received a call from one of the officials where they had a questionable call, and he had to deal with it uh, in their game, and that, that's what he did. You know, He signed, offic signed officials to certain games uh, and took care of all that part of it. So uh, as – much of a visionary, as people call uh, Dale Kelly, and he was. A lot of will be attributed uh, to his legacy. Uh, he will leave an impact on people. And, and I think that's what we all need to go through life doing, is figuring out how to leave an impact on people. He definitely will. Uh, his name will be uh, associated with a lot of things in Carroll County. But to me personally, I'll remember that uh, three final fours uh, because I'm a sports guy. But anyway, a lot of sadness there when I woke up to that Saturday morning. Uh, wasn't Didn't get back in time for visitation, for the funeral. Uh, didn't get back to, like I said, late yesterday. And uh, I hate that I missed that. I sent out my condolences <clears throat> uh, the best way I knew how at the time. So anyway, uh, moving right along, the Huntington Mustangs and the McKenzie Rebels uh, started their seasons, uh, regular seasons, this past Friday night and at Paul Ward Stadium. And, and folks, uh, I, you know, I, I tell you all the time on this podcast, and I'm honest, I'm sincere when I say this. I'm going to tell it like it is because uh, there's nobody opposed to like when I was doing radio that could say, hey, you can't say that or you'll get fallout from it. We'll take you off the radio. We'll fire you. Or, in the newspaper, you got to be careful with what you write. This is my podcast. Uh, I'm not going to make myself quit if I think I've said something that's offended you. Because I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just telling you basic facts. And I said last week on this podcast <clears throat> that McKenzie was a better football team. Hunting fans don't like to hear that kind of stuff. But it's the honest truth. And it showed up last Friday night, and it's really scary when I think about it, because when you think about 
the McKenzie Rebels, they probably didn't play as good Friday night as probably they're going to play later on in the season. So my point is, when you talk about it might be scary, uh, they're going to get better. That's a very good football team. Now, what you Huntington fans want to hear is, oh, no, they're not better than us. Well, they are. But we helped them make a look, look a little better than they were also. With you know, but again, and I don't want you to get confused as to what I'm saying, but they're a better team. But we're a young football team, six seniors on a Huntington football team. It's not very many, and a lot of time, lots of football teams uh, depend on senior leadership. McKenzie's got that, you know, and their quarterback Jackson Cassidy, he's a senior. Um, Zach Aird's a senior. I think the Zay Weber, the, the wide receiver, uh, is a senior. Uh, the McCreary kid at linebacker, Rashad McCreary, McCreary is uh, a senior. Uh, and, of course, uh, uh, Marquez Taylor is a senior. You know, that's some pretty good football players. And But Huntington, I, I don't I, – I can't see a path – uh, last Friday night to them winning the football game, but they did make some crucial mistakes because of their youth uh, that will help th- that they got to clean up. I guess is what I'm trying to say that they cannot have later on in the season because uh, against a team that you have a chance to win or a team that I consider toss up uh, that could go either way. You cannot afford to make the mistakes uh, that you made. Now, one was just a breakdown. The first one was just a breakdown in coverage, uh, kickoff coverage. Because when you kick off to a team that's got like a Marquez Taylor, and then I think of the Tharp kid also was back there deep. Either one of them, they're both fast. Uh, you, you've got a choice. If you're going to kick it deep, then you better be able to stay in your lanes. And that's the key to kickoff coverage is, you know, if a, if a – uh, returner goes one way or goes toward either sideline, for example, if you're on the opposite way he's going, you, you've got to stay in your lane because he could reverse and come back your way. If you get sucked in toward the middle of the football field, then that's going to leave him a lane to go to. <clears throat> and, and I'm not sure if that's what happened, but I know there was a couple of missed tackles right at, at about the 25 because he caught it at about the 15, and he got up to about 25. Uh, there was a couple of missed tackles right there, and then nobody touched him. He went all the way to the house for a touchdown. Now, that's that could be a breakdown in coverage there somewhere because you should not be able to get through the first tier and and nobody touch you. You should be able to have to go through two, two or three levels of tacklers uh, before you can get to the end zone. So th- there, was, there was a breakdown somewhere, and, of course, there was some missed tackles. You know, of course, later on in the game, in hindsight's twenty twenty, but maybe you should have done later on in the game or at first of the game what you did later in the game, and that's just not kick it deep, squib it. Uh, you get, rather give them the ball to the thirty yard line or possibly the thirty five yard line, then give it to them uh, or watch them kick extra points. That, that that's your choice sometimes against a team as talented as McKenzie is in the kicking game. So that to me that was that was the first mistake that gave McKenzie a seven nothing lead. And then the second opportunity that McKenzie got, and I really wouldn't call it a mistake, it was a gamble. And I think in this situation, it's probably a good gamble. Uh, Because 
you're you're going to be limited to the chances you get to win a football game like this against McKenzie. And what I mean is there's going to be certain times where you might be able to take the momentum away from the other team or field position is going to matter. And Huntington, that uh, their first possession after McKenzie scores, uh, you know, they get get a first down. uh, They move the ball on up. uh, But they get to the – uh, their own 45-yard line, and they're faced with a fourth and one. So here's an opportunity to get a first down, keep the drive alive, and who knows, go down the field, score a touchdown, and, and you're a 7-7 ball game. You know, momentum in a game like that, a rivalry game especially, can mean a whole lot. Well, Huntington went for it on fourth and one, did not make it. Actually lost a yard on the play. McKenzie takes over. And then uh, Jackson Cassidy goes to work. Took him three plays, but he hooks up for 33-yard scoring strike to Zach Aird. Uh, the extra point kicker, but a very good receiver also. Uh, just right down the middle of the seam. Beat beat uh, safety and, and the corner, or both, both safeties. Just, just threw the ball over the top. And uh, now it's all of a sudden it's 14 to nothing. When uh, you were hoping to gain a first down and possibly make it a 7-7 game, but now it's 14-0. Well, those mistakes compound, and they usually do in a uh, game of that intensity because uh, Hayden could not move the ball. Their next possession actually started losing some yards and actually had a third and 38, had to punt the football. And uh, McKenzie took over at the 46 uh, of Huntington. And uh, Huntington defense here kind of reared their, you know, they stiffened up a little bit. They, they showed some grit here. And, and they held McKenzie. Well, they brought Zach Aaron on to attempt a 45-yard field goal. And, you know, evidently Coach Wade Comer thought that, Aaron had enough leg to make this, and he kicked it short by about five yards or so. Well, you know, it looked good. It was right on line. Uh, he just didn't have enough leg. Well, there's a flag on the field. And from my vantage point on the sideline, looking around, where'd that flag come from? What was that for? Because I, I really didn't know at the time uh, what that – I didn't see anything unusual on the play. Let's put it that way. Well, it gave McKenzie uh, a, not a first down because Huntington had forced him in the fourth and long, but they put the ball in, inside the 30. But it, then Zach Aird, let me get this straight, a little tongue-tied there. Uh, but here's a 30-yard attempt now because they still didn't have enough yards for the first down. That's what I was trying to say before I tripped all over myself. But now it's a 30-yard field goal instead of 45. Zach Aaron kicks it, goes through the uprights, and now it's 17 to nothing. So, just out of curiosity, and I have this advantage sometimes, and my personality is not hard for me to do. So, the official uh, that was on that side for the ensuing kickoff, I asked him, said, hey, hey, what's, what's the penalty for? He said it was for leaping. And to explain that, in high school – you cannot, and I don't think you can in college either. 
you cannot leap over the line to t attempt to block a extra point or a field goal. And that's what Hayden did. They tried to leap over. Uh, that's just, that that's youthful mistake in a way. And, you know, you could actually say, you know, the coaches should warn you of that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's however you want to look at it. But you can't do that. And they shouldn't know that. Uh, in fact, I tell you how they should know that more than anything else. Because that same official told me, he said, I warned them about it on the extra point. He said, they tried it on the extra point. I said, let them go. Let it go. Told them you cannot do that. They tried it again on the field goal. Got penalized. Cost you three points. So now it's 17 nothing instead of 14 nothing. Because this that reason that's crucial is because here Hayden actually put some points on the board. And it was on a, a second down that uh, Gray Eubanks, who I thought looked fa fabulous Friday night, by the way. And I, I've been raving on his abilities all season anyway, or all preseason. And I think he's going to have a great year, and he played well Friday night. But he just tossed his pass out in the flat to Easton Byers. And I had to, didn't know who it was at first because uh, he was wearing number 60 on the roster. And uh, they moved him to tight end. Of course, 60, you cannot wear number 60 on, on the end of the line because you're eligible for a pass. Uh, under Well, you can catch a pass if you're on the end of the line. But if you're going to play wide receiver, uh, and you have to report that if you're going to, you know, the tight end eligible, I mean, tackle eligible, sort of speak. But anyway, in order for him to play tight end, he had to wear a number other than uh, 50 to uh, 70. So they had number 88 on him. And, but he caught, he caught a pass and gained a couple of yards, but he ran plumb over somebody. I don't know who it was, but he lowered his head, ran over somebody, uh, shook another tackle. Went down the sideline until they knocked him out on the one-yard line. Two plays later, uh, Gray Eubanks scores a touchdown. A great run by Easton Byers. It was uh, it was fun to watch. And that's why I said, who was that? Somebody said it was Easton Byers. And it was away from me. And, and like I said, I didn't have his number. Uh, I had a feeling that's who it was because I, I could tell Easton even in his uniform who he is. But uh, I wanted to make sure. But great, great play. We missed the extra point, but it's 17-6, you know, and, and it's still a ball game. Uh, but uh, after that, we ended up forcing McKenzie to punt, played pretty good defense, and got the ball back. I drove it down into their territory and almost had a chance to score here. We got inside McKenzie territory and, and just, you know, fizzled, but ended up punting. But we backed McKenzie up at their 10-yard line. And to me, this is a mistake here, but it was a, uh, also a great play by Jackson Cassidy. Uh, but some breakdown and, and defense. Because on second down, the snap goes over Cassidy's head. He goes chasing it toward the end zone and kind of kicks it. And it goes toward the back of the end zone. I actually thought it was going to go out of the end zone. He's got two Mustangs chasing him. And I said, safety. We're going to get a safety here. We'd gotten a safety there, and that's 17 to 8. We get the football back, and more than likely you get it in great field position because you have to kick off from the 20 after a safety. And this game might change here. 
That's going through my thoughts as Cassidy was chasing that football. Well, Cassidy picks it up right before he steps out of the back of the end zone and just tosses the ball to about the uh, 10-yard line or so. Well, there happens to be Zay Weber wide open about the 10-yard line. Now, of course, I'm watching the ball, as probably everybody in attendance is watching. They're watching Cassidy run for his life. So I'm not looking around to see where this Mustang defense is because they were nowhere around the football except for the two players that were chasing Cassidy. And when Weber caught that football, he turned up field and all he saw was field turf. There was no Mustangs anywhere close. And he goes, technically, it was an 87-yard touchdown. But it covered 110 or 109. And uh, uh, just opportunistic play by Cassidy. But it was also uh, a mistake on the Mustang defense. Because with him being run out almost out of the end zone, uh, that pat that should have been incomplete. If it if it'd been incomplete, it would have been a win for McKenzie. But instead, it turns into gold. And now instead of 17 to 8 or 17 to 6 and Mustangs get the ball back after a McKenzie punt, a chance to score before the half, it might be 17-14 at the half. Now it's 24-6. And to be honest with you, game over. But, you know, it, it, it wasn't 24-6. I still had no other half to play, but Hayden could not get a first down. I had the opening uh, possession of the second half, couldn't do anything with it. So they punt McKenzie, uh, Cassidy, another breakdown by the Mustang defense because he drops back to pass and just sees a running lane up the middle, just takes off, goes straight up the middle, untouched for 64 yards. And now for sure, game's over. Now it's 31 6. Of course, it ends up, it, it ended up uh, as McKenzie actually added another field goal uh, later on in the game as uh, aired two field goals. Uh, for the game and the final score, and it was 36 to uh, 12 was the final score. Oh, no, excuse me. It was 38 to 12 was the final score. Or, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can get it right here in a minute. It's 34 to 12 was the final score. As uh, McKenzie for the third year in a row defeats Huntington. Well, when you really analyze that game, like I said, when I go back and you talk about it and you you look at it on paper, and I said last week, did Huntington have a chance to win that game? Yes, I, I think Huntington has a chance to win any game they've ever, they're ever in. Uh, are they always the favorite? No. Uh, is it sometimes when you look at it and you go, the other team's just a whole lot better coming in? Yes, and this was the case. But like I said, with some different things happening, it could have been a closer game. And who knows, in a closer game, what might happen. But uh, it didn't turn out that way. It was simply uh, a good performance by a better football team, and that being McKenzie. Again, with that being said, uh, where is Hayden right now? How do you evaluate this? Well, Last year was the same deal. Last year it was worse. 
in my opinion. We played better probably than we did this year. But defensively, we played a little better. Now, I heard, I heard one rumor, and um, Marquez Taylor, for example, only had eight carries and had 42 yards. Uh, but he caught three passes for 29. And But he didn't. He had in the first half, he only had one carry in the first half. In fact, in the first half, McKenzie only carried, uh, ran the ball three times. And so Huntington held him to two yards. Uh, but in the second half, they kind of opened that up a little bit and uh, opened the game up a little bit, you know. And I said Huntington would struggle with pass, and they, and they did Friday night. But I'd heard that Taylor was a little banged up, and that was why he didn't get as many touches as he normally did. So that just tells you how scary McKenzie can be if that's true. And I don't know if that's true. I was just told that. But if that's true, uh, just think when he gets healthy, how much better they're going to be than everybody they play. But where's Huntington at? What have they got left to do? Of course, it goes south side, and I think it's going to be a test this Friday night. Tomorrow night, it's going to be a test. And, uh, you know, last year it was like 41 to 14, I believe, if my memory serves. And we'll see if Huntington can, re, re, uh, you know, bounce back from this. You know, they were they were without Ashton Hutcherson Friday night. And that's going to make a difference when he gets back into that mix in the backfield. And, you know, I, I still think, and it's just my total opinion, I think we need to short passes a little more uh, because I think against these good teams, we, we, had, we had trouble running the ball Friday night. And at times we threw the ball fairly decent. We're not going to throw it real far downfield. But – we have the ability to throw the little short passes and we'll, we'll see how, you know, the coaches adjust and I'm, you know, I have faith that they will. Um, South side is going to be a test. Now, just to change gears a little bit as I've got a few minutes left in this podcast, i talk about the middle school Mustangs because I didn't get a chance to talk about them yet in this podcast. And it seems like it's been a lot longer than a week. But they played last Thursday night, and that was down at Southside, where we'll be tomorrow night uh, for the high school game. But they played Jackson Northeast. And if somebody said to me after the game, man, wouldn't Coach Swinson love to have those athletes that Jackson Northeast had? They had some tall, rangy kids. Uh, I bet you their quarterback was uh, 6'2", and had a fairly decent arm. Uh, They... Had a running back that was probably six foot or more. And they was just a bigger team. But not only were they bigger, they were athletic looking. and But they were a little undisciplined when you want to look at it. They threw the ball a lot. And we did well against that. And uh, the Miller's, middle schoolers uh, didn't have any trouble. Uh, tell you what, this, uh, this Huntington football team, uh, they're pretty impressive, this middle school football team. For example, uh, they they won that game. It's twenty eight to six, I believe, against uh, Jackson Northeast. I don't have exactly my notes right here. I'm trying to find them. I've got my little pad. It was it ended up being uh, twenty eight to six as uh, Jackson Northeast uh, couldn't handle the Mustangs' running game. Kenton Smith for second week in a row over two hundred yards for the game. And just an impressive running back. 
He touched the ball most of the time. Uh, Lucas Smith had a good game and kind of in that quarterback position where he plays, uh, where he is in that shotgun position, takes a direct snap. Uh, he, he, he looked good running the ball. His first touches of the year uh, had 120-something yard run. Um, scored a couple of uh, two-point conversions, uh, so they're gonna they're gonna be in good shape. They go to Camden tonight, and uh, volleyball team is off to like in four and zero start, I believe. Uh, soccer team off to a good start. Soccer team played Saint Augustine, I believe, this past week or this week and won. Uh, I, I haven't had a chance to get to a soccer game yet. Uh, because I was gone, would have gone this week. Hopefully, I'll make it next week. Uh, volleyball beat Westview in five sets one night this week. And a lot of good things. Cross-country Colton, Colton King continues to be one of the better athletes in this area. Uh, Cross-country, people don't think about it much. Uh, one of the better sports to have in Huntington, in my opinion. And some some other time, I'll explain that to you why, I'm, why I think that. But that's going to do it for us today as we're drawing the near to the end of this podcast. Uh, try to do better next week. Try to get back in a little earlier and uh, hopefully uh, get this posted sooner. Uh, not going anywhere this weekend, although we're taking our soaps over to McKenzie Sweet Tea Festival uh, Friday and Saturday. So we'll be over there if you want to come visit us. And uh, we'll talk sports. And you can buy some soap at the same time. So see you next week.